Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Raven Scott. She is an author, a podcaster, and a coach. How are you doing today, Raven? I'm great. Thank you, Brad, for having me here. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here and share a bit about your story and your journey with us today. I appreciate that. My pleasure. So let's jump right in. As I mentioned, you're an author, a podcaster. You're also a mentor, a meditation teacher, and a destiny coach. That's one hell of a resume. How do you find the time and prioritize for all that? (laughs) Yes, it's quite a challenge, actually. What I do is I just focus on what needs to get done on certain days. And what I love is I've discovered that in Vedic astrology, every day has an energy and ruled by the planet. So I actually kind of plan it out and go, okay, today's all about like getting something new done. And so I'll plan and I'll edit and produce like that week's podcast that's going to be aired all in that one day. And then I'm done, like, because I harness the energy and it doesn't take forever. (laughs) Whereas I've tried to do it on a different day and it literally took me all day. (laughs) (laughs) For those of us who don't know, what is a destiny coach? I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. So I discovered, again, I'm really into astrology. My friends all know me as like the go-to person, like what's going on in the planets and the energy. <laughs> and so I, I discovered North Node, which is something that a lot of people talk about. And really what it is, is the energy of your destiny and what your soul is yearning toward. And I, I just kind of niched down out, you know, beyond a life coach and really have the passion to just work on people's, you know, medicine for what they're yearning toward, really gaining clarity rather than kind of continuing to be unclear in their current pattern they're in now. Uh And yeah, so that's what the destiny coach is, is really focusing on your life's purpose, helping you in your next right step in your journey that you're on right now. Okay. What inspires you to become a destiny coach? I would say from my own personal experience of feeling confused and lost and having done other coach programs that promised a lot and under delivered, I was even more confused coming out of it. And I really wanted to be specific. Like I'm not here to motivate you. I mean, I am, but not purely. I'm here to empower you. I'm here to give you strategies and talk to you about, again, what your soul is desiring to do here in this life. What would you say is your favorite part of your career as a destiny coach? 
Uh, I mean, just discovering each new person I meet, like their beautiful uniqueness in their charts. I also incorporate human design. So just getting to look at their charts and going, oh my goodness, and every single person is unique. What I love about combining the two is, you know how a lot of people say, oh yeah, I'm a sun, my sun sign. I'm a Leo. I'm a Virgo. I'm a, you know, whatever. That really puts you in a box. And I love about what I do is just sharing with them how unique they are and sharing with them their gifts and their talents and empowering them to, you know, harness and hone those in. How long have you been coaching? I've been coaching for a year now. And you've also been teaching meditation. Do you intertwine your meditation teachings with your coaching business? Yes, I do. Yes. It's very overwhelming and also can be triggering when you get your chart read because you're like, ooh, yeah, ouch. And and so I don't just completely download the entire chart to my clients. It's way too overwhelming. Right. Um, And they kind of get glazed overlooked. They're like, ah. (laughs) So that's what I did did at the beginning. Uh, But now I've evolved and I've realized, okay, I can't do that to people. That doesn't feel right for me. I didn't like it when it happened. And so I do four sessions. And I read just a a chunk of your chart and then I see what comes up. We talk about it and then I do some type of energy clearing. It may involve a meditation if it needs to be something real deep and there's a a trigger there, or maybe I give them homework and we like create a mantra for them to recite and read to continue to clear out whatever came up. Now, I read that you teach your clients to shed negative patterns one step at a time to find their power and potential through healing so they can kick ass in this life. Why is this mission so personally important to you? (laughs) Yes, because at one point I thought I was nothing. I thought I was not worth anything. I thought that I didn't deserve anything and had no power within me. Um, that's why I, I wrote my book because I was in an abusive relationship, but it was emotionally so that usually when you're in an emotional relationship, they put you down to the tiny size of a bug as far as self-worth so that they can stay elevated. And so I am so passionate about everybody being able to shine their unique light and not let anyone else tell them any different just because of my own personal experience and the heartbreak and the pain and um, yeah, just, I, I was at such a low point when I was in that relationship. I kind of saw no point in living life further because mm-hmm. it was just a continual heartbreak cycle. So it's a very personal passion of mine. In your business, do you work specifically with women only And if so, why do you choose to work with only women? Yes, that is my audience and and my clientele. And mainly because I teach and coach out of personal experience. I don't, I do have uh, past lives where I have been a man, but as far as in this personal life now, I don't have the perspective to truly help men deeply. That might be something I change and evolve, but right now where I'm at, I just passionately know the uh, perspective and the psyche of, of, of women. And so I just want to make sure that I'm not, you know, making anything up or, you know, not, not being able to fully help them because I don't right. know where they're coming from. Right. Uh, you mentioned personal struggle journey yourself. Can you tell us a bit about your, your personal struggles and journey? Yes. Uh, Like I said, I was in a relationship with a narcissist for 10 years. In my early 20s, I met him when I was young. I met him in a safe place. 
we were, you know, at, in church and we were both very involved on the worship team, but it was not healthy. You know, there can be many people in many different scenarios that have a really good, put on a really good act, but have a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, hurt and struggles in themselves within them. And they react differently. Some people withdraw like myself at more of an empath where you kind of just think that you aren't worth anything. So you're quiet, you're withdrawn, maybe driven to be perfect. And others react where they lash out at other people, kind of try and keep them underneath them so that they can feel better about themselves rather than, you know, while they're masking their struggles and pain rather than actually deal with them. Yes, it was a personal struggle because it was, I loved him Uh very much. He was my first love, but at the same time, he was emotionally abusive and he continued to always have zero empathy for me, always put me down. And it became very much like he had a very high expectation of how I was and how I appeared. All right. I couldn't have unmanicured nails, God forbid. It was very, very, yeah. He molded me into this, if you want to call it like a Barbie of his dreams. And it's kind of creepily, it, it, looked just like his mother, you know, like looking back <laughs> on it, it was so creepy. He hadn't, you know, much, much childhood issues to work through. And I uh-huh. have love and compassion for him now because of all that pain. That's where he was coming from. But as for me, I was very malleable and my struggles came from, I had just had low self-worth. So I said, yes, this is what, what I should look like. And yes, I believe that this is, you know, you have the answers yeah. versus finding the answers from within myself. How did you overcome your personal struggles in dealing with all this? Well, I, it took me 10 years to finally wake up and I used to beat myself up about that, but it really is perfectly normal for it to take time because you're, you are attached, you know, you're codependently attached to that person. So it took me, you know, seven times to leave on average in an abusive relationship, it takes 12. So if you, you know, talking to whoever's listening, if you feel like you're an idiot for not being able to really commit and leave the first time, the second time, you know, it keeps happening. It's perfectly normal. And, you know, it, it, it'll happen on your divine timing. So I was able to break free from it during my Saturn return. I was about 28. And I just had this immense energy that I was ready to be responsible in my life, have a family, you know, move forward from all of these crazy games that he kept playing and the heartbreak. And like, I just was like, now is the time to grow up. And he wasn't. And so much more went down in the relationship that I share in my book, but it wasn't, it was becoming a physically unsafe place for me um, because I started to really find my voice and try and speak up to him. And yeah, he didn't like that. And his Mm -hmm. words weren't working. So I found a place to, you know, be safe and move out. The universe provided me with somebody, a roommate and some place within two weeks. It was beautiful. And it was such an easy process that I was afraid of to do for so many years. And so from there, it was just this journey of what happened, right? My first Mm -hmm. question was, what in the world just happened? How did I get in that? Who am I? What am I doing? And I went through this big, major identity shift and self-discovery and uh, spiritual journey path um, that has led me down. It's been about 10 years now um, to where I'm at today. How would you say these personal struggles or experiences help shape the raven you are both personally and professionally? today. Yeah, I I don't think that I would be as grateful for what I have now, you mm-hmm. know, just the freedom 
of my own self and thoughts, the lovely, you know, family that I have now where I live. I grew up privileged. So I really don't think I would be as grateful as I was, as I am now. And it has helped me become the coach and leader that I needed to be and give me empathy and a different side of the perspective. Yeah. That I needed to be able to do so. Well, you're coming from a place of having experienced it. So you can help others who are going through similar situations. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So as previously mentioned, you're a podcaster. Can you tell us a bit about your podcast, what it's called, what it's all about? Is it interview style? Is it solo? Yes, it is called Unlock Your Destiny with Raven Scott. And again, it's just talking all about your spiritual journey. And we're providing women who are lost or in transition in this life and whatever phase they are in life in their spiritual journey to find tools and empowerment through guests and through my personal coaching episodes to find their clarity, find their power and to kick ass in this life. You also are an author. You wrote a book called the empath and the narcissist, a healing guide for people pleasers. Can you talk to us a bit about your book and give us a brief overview? Yes. So it absolutely is a healing guide. It actually started as a memoir out of a place where I still wasn't completely removed from the victim mentality. It was a very cathartic process to write. And in the middle of writing, I actually stopped because I was like, this is not the right place that I want to write the book. And I don't Mm -hmm. feel like it's actually going to help anybody. It's almost like a wine fest. (laughs) So (laughs) I stopped and I completely rewrote it and scratched that idea. And I started journaling, actually. It, It took a process of writing it by hand out all of the things that have helped me in this journey to become essentially from that very low self-esteemed people pleaser who was a puppet to this very confident and powerful woman, you know, that knows her worth and knows what she wants. And so all of the tools um, that I found have been very impactful are in the end of each chapter of the book. Okay. And it has a, a story. So it's like a memoir slash, he, you know, self-guide. Yeah. And I also have a chapter in the end about just a brief summary of human design. What is that? Since I do incorporate that in my coaching sessions. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of a tiny intro to that. And throughout the, the book, I also incorporate different elements of how in my astrology chart and human design chart, it affected how I was like, let's say there's a chapter in a childhood, you know, and I mm-hmm. talk about Mercury and retrograde in my third house. So I kind of incorporate that in. So it kind okay. of gives you a bit of a applied, applied lesson there. Cool. When was the book released and how long did it take you to write, write it? It was released in June and it took me just this June, 2021. Oh, okay. And yeah, it's brand, Congratulations. New, brand new book. Thank you. And it took me two years to write. Wow. And where can people purchase your book? They can get it on Amazon. Okay. Excellent. To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? Oh. That one's a difficult one. I think there's always something a little bit in every day to celebrate, but my biggest high and win is having my family, my my beautiful husband and two daughters. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Oh, 
<laughs> I have such a power force and this is in my chart. It's called um, the force of domination. Mm-hmm. When I set my mind to something that this is something I would say yes to respond to, I go to accomplish it full force. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Success is building trust, I think, with anybody and even within yourself. If you don't have trust in your process or yourself, if you don't have trust in the relationship, then there really is no success. There's going to be constant stepping stones and blocks and arguments. I love that definition. What was a turning point in your life, Raven, and how did it affect you? Yeah, I think the ultimate turning point was my quarter life crisis at 28 when I had left my ex. And I just decided, you know what? Enough is enough. I don't need to take this abuse anymore. And I'm going to take the pen to my own story. And I'm going to, you know, write a new chapter and write a new future for myself without this person in it. What was the breaking point there that made you realize or awaken you to say, okay, I've had enough of this. It's time to, to smarten up here and think about me and look after me. Yeah, I I went on a very divinely interventioned trip to a family trip with my aunt. And uh-huh. just a little backstory, I really didn't talk to my own family. I adopted his as my own. Okay. I disowned my own. It was it was to the point where he stoked the fire of my 18-year-old rebellion like for the whole eight or so years of really hating them because, you know, whatever you have as a teenager, right? We all have these kind of (laughs) anger, angers towards our parents. So I disowned them. I didn't talk to them. So my aunt actually invited me on a trip. I said, yes, I don't know why, honestly, it was so divine. So I went and I enjoyed it. We, you know, she has daughters with, you know, lots of kids, beautiful family. And I just really had a very soul filled time. It was beautiful. And I came back and I shared it with him and he did not have one ounce of happiness for me. No, no empathy. And I realized he's never going to change. Like, absolutely not. And he started in on lecturing me on how horrible those people are for whatever reason. And whatever his beliefs were. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't, he's never going to change. He's never going to hear me. That was the biggest thing too. It was so obvious. He was never going to hear me. And that was the turning point and everything kind of went down downhill from there. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Oh, Absolutely. It is gaining perspective and not basing my worth in what others think of me. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Fierce. Aside from necessities, what's one thing you could not go without? Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Money or fame? Money. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Love your unique self fully. Love it. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Oh, I don't know why this comes to my mind, but a rainbow. Okay. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Uh, To be less judgment and more open-minded and have empathy towards each other's perspectives. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Giving strength to another. The last book or podcast I listened to or read was? 
uh, Astrology University. If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? The song Higher by Bishop Briggs. Okay. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? (laughs) Caution, she's fiery. (laughs) That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? There's a couple, but intimately in my life, my husband. And at first I pushed back and I resisted on his influence. (laughs) He has that just wise, practical energy. And I didn't like it because I was like, well, let's just go for it. Like, yeah. just, just try it, experiment. And yeah, it, it's a, it's like a fine wine. It's finally grown on me and I appreciate it. But what he's done is helped me grow, right? Like when I stop and step back and I don't let my ego react yeah. and I look at his words and I look at the scenario, I always find that it's like an immense amount of coaching and mm-hmm. it's, he, he's so right. <laughs> What's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Unexpected. I'm just trying to think. Well, actually, my second child, she was unexpected. Okay. Not planned at all. And we are so, so grateful for her. What is your personal motto? My personal motto is when it comes to the story of your life, let no one else hold the pen. That's great. I love that. What would you say are the three top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? You need tenacity. Mm -hmm. I think you need strategy. So less reacting and more thinking, Yeah, which I'm still working on. (laughs) (laughs) And just being a perpetual learner. Okay. What would you say is the most entrepreneurial thing about you? Yeah, I'm always learning. I'm constantly like the next new tech thing, the next. I'm yeah. not afraid of the next upgrade on the social medias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are we are constantly learning. There's always more to learn. We can always improve for yeah. sure and expand our knowledge base. Yeah. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, you are worthy, beyond worthy of this guy. <laughs> like... Please stop wasting your time. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Uh, Yeah, I think it would be a combination of everything of loving your unique self, love each other with full empathy and, you know, shine your light brightly, fiercely and boldly. Beautiful. Raven, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us. I appreciate you and welcome to the Empowerography community. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you as well. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Raven Scott. She is an author, podcaster, and coach. Thanks so much, Raven. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.